In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus told them this parable about the need to pray always and not to lose heart. Just let that sink in for a second. Our need to pray always and not to lose heart. When I, um, in case you don't know, I grew up here in Metairie, but I went to college in Memphis back in the days when there weren't cell phones um, and there weren't even cordless phones. There, was, there were cars and electricity, though. And, um, but it, it was an odd thing to be that far away from... And so I don't know exactly how or when or whose idea it was, but at some point early, early on, it became a, a, a habit every week at 6 o'clock that I would call home. Sometimes it was 6.30, so I mean, but, but basically every Sunday evening I would call home. And I would talk to whoever was there. And, you know, I have three sisters and, and lots of cousins. And so whoever was there could be a lot of people. Um, and these calls would happen regardless of whether or not I had something to say. It didn't matter if I had something to ask for or something to vent about or something to share or if they had something. We just, just called. It was on the books. And as I look back, and, and really those calls... Um, I. I mean, I'm sure college was expensive, but really I think the thing that hurt my dad the most was paying the long distance bill. Because those calls would last a long time. I can remember my friends coming by and saying, hey, you want to, oh, you're on the phone? Okay, I'll come back. And they'd come back in 15 minutes and I'd still be on the phone. And, and I couldn't really walk around, right? They didn't have cordless phones. But looking back, I, I know how important those calls were. Even though when they would say, so what's going on? And I'd say, oh, nothing. And then an hour later, we're still talking about nothing. I, and yet things were, going, things were going on. Something was happening. It was critical to maintaining those relationships with my parents and my sisters and my family, my community, even though I was far away. Sometimes those calls would involve petitions. You know what I'm getting at? Hey, Dad. It's not quite the end of the month yet. But my bank account mysteriously is empty. Right? So sometimes those were, there were requests to be made. Sometimes there were thanksgivings to be shared. Maybe for that $25 bump in that bank account. Maybe it was um, just, to, just to vent a little bit about what was going on. Or for them to vent about what was going on. Maybe there were um, times to share developments, good things that had happened, or for them to tell me what was going on. But whatever was said, however, no matter how important or seemingly unimportant it was, what it was important was having that pattern, that consistency, that routine to maintain that communication, to maintain that relationship. So when something did come up that was consequential, I knew I could ask. They needed something. They knew they could ask. Communication is essential to all relationships. We know that, right? Communication is essential within families. It's critical to spouses, to any sort of community 
We need communication. And the more that we can make it consistent and routine, habitual, sticking with it, the better in the long run the quality of the relationships will be. Good communications means good community. No wonder Jesus told them this parable about the need to pray always and not to lose heart. Sometimes I think um, we make more out of this parable than it is. Luke makes it really clear. Do you know what the point of the parable is? To teach us about our need to pray always and not to lose heart. It's just that straightforward. We need to pray always so that we won't lose heart. We need to pray always because life is difficult. We need to pray always to remember the proper order of things. We need to pray always, even though we may not get what we pray for. But we remember who we're praying to, who we're walking with. We remember the proper order of things. We need to pray always so that we won't lose heart. So, so, so how do we pray? When do we pray? What do we say when we pray? This is what I would call just sort of a going back to our roots reminder. And I hope it will make for a different week in the week ahead for us all. So just by way of a little bit of a reminder, um, what, what do we pray? When we, when we talk to God, what do we pray? Because prayer is not just about making requests, right? If I only called every Sunday and said, hey, Dad, can I have 20 bucks? Hey, Dad, can I have 20 bucks? What kind of relationship would that be? So, so here are the types of prayer to, to think about as we sort of talk to God. You remember, the, this is what I heard in Sunday school, ACTS, A-C-T-S. Our prayers, think about four different categories, ACTS, adoration. Adoration is where we, uh, we adore God and we praise God. We adore just being, imagining being in the glory of God's presence. We adore God and we praise God for all of those wonderful attributes of God. His mercy, his grace, his steadfast loving kindness towards all of creation. We praise God for God's glory. Acts, adoration. And then the the second is confession. That's where we say, I missed the mark. I need to turn that around. I need your help. I need your forgiveness. I want to lead a different life. Confession isn't honest. We present ourselves in this conversation with God as we truly are, not kind of shined up pretending who we think God wants us to be. It makes for honest communication, this adding these prayers of confession. So adoration, confession, and then thanksgiving. It's good when someone calls you up and says, thanks for doing that. You didn't need to do that. That was so helpful for you to do that. So that's part of this relationship. God forgot our thanks. And then the last one is probably the ones that, that we're, we're more likely to offer, prayers of supplication, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. And those are broken into the prayers for other people, intercessions, we intercede. And then prayers of petition, where we ask God for what we need. That's, think about, if you're wondering, what should I pray? 
Think about those categories. Adoration, confession, thanksgiving, and supplication. Bring all those to God. But mainly, remember that in doing that, what we're, what we're really doing is we're in communication with God. And at the end of all those prayers, basically what we're saying, like the widow from the parable, is grant us your justice. Or, as Jesus taught us to pray, your will be done. This is what I want, but you know what's best. If we can end our prayers with that, but Lord, you know what's best, and I trust you to bring your justice quickly. See how that changes it. Suddenly, we're not in charge. We're not in control, because guess what? We're not in control. And that is good news because someone more powerful, more wise, more loving, more patient, more forgiving, more merciful than me is in charge. And when we can remember that, when we can live in that, when day by day, minute by minute, we can be in communication and relying on that, then, then, we can find that peace that comes from being. That's why we need to pray always and not to lose heart. Praying always keeps things in that proper order, that appropriate order. It gives us a chance in this life of prayer. Praying always, it reminds us of that, that opportunity to submit ourselves to God. We may not get what we want or when we want it. But we are, when we are connected like that, somehow we know it's okay. C.S. Lewis, um, you all know C.S. Lewis, right? The guy who wrote Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. Um, he has a wonderful quote about prayer that I think is particularly important to hear. Um, and also important, not just because of what he says, but because of who he was. This was not someone who grew up with an unwavering faith. When he said this, he had become a person of faith, but remember, he was an atheist. He said, I pray because I can't help myself. I pray because I'm helpless. I pray because the need flows out of me day and night. My prayer doesn't change God. It changes me. Our prayer doesn't so much change God, it changes us. Because we remember the, the relationship. We surrender control and we turn to God. And then things, they may not happen as quickly as we want, but we know we're not alone either. Jesus taught us this parable because we do need to pray always so that we don't lose heart. We need to pray always not so much to change God, but so that we are changed into remembering our connection with God. The other thing I would add is that when we pray, pray for justice. Pray for God's justice. That's what that widow prayed for. Grant me justice against my opponent. And even that unjust judge says, well, I don't, I don't have any respect for God or for anybody, let alone this widow, yet I will 
grant her justice. Jesus says, how much more so? If this terrible person can do the right thing even for the wrong reasons, how much more so will our merciful God grant us justice? The wisdom of God's justice. He will grant justice and quickly. Can we pray for God's justice? Not AJ's justice. Not what I think is right, but for God's justice. What would happen if we did that? I think it would change the world. I don't think it will change God, but I think it will change the world. So, um, easy example, maybe. The person who um, maybe just kind of cuts over in front of you on the way home from church today, maybe just a little bit too closely. Maybe you could say, Lord, have mercy on them. Right? You might have prayed for something else to happen to them. What I'm suggesting is that you pray that God's will for them be done. Lord, keep them safe and happy as you know best. Could you do that? I, um, I made the mistake this week of reading, and I do this every so often, I, I, and I, I've got to stop it. You would think by now I would know not to. I read the comments section underneath an article online. Where our fellow human beings, and, and to be honest, if statistics hold true, fellow Christians ended pretty much every comment, comma, moron. I'm, that's us, y'all. We're, we're, we, are, we are all doing this to one another. I wonder if instead of name-calling, what if we would just lift those people up to God's care? How might that change things? It's hard. It's hard to know. Someone asked me, well, how do you do that? I said, you know, ask for God, to guide them in the ways of justice and truth. It's especially important for the people that we might think have limited emotional intelligence. Little professional integrity. Remember Jesus said that thing, what was it about, oh yeah, loving our enemies and praying for those who persecute us? Remember that part? Mm Mm-hmm. We need to pray always so that we don't lose heart. We need to pray always because we can't help ourselves. We need to pray always. Not because it changes God, but because it changes us. So, when, um, when you think of your personal least favorite political figure this week, and they may be very different depending, and I, I fully, I am saying this intentionally, Pray that God would guide them in the ways of justice and truth. Say their name with all the love and mercy that God is working through you. Say it. President Trump, guide him, Lord, in the ways of justice and truth. Nancy Pelosi, guide her, Lord, in the ways of justice and truth. That's a much better alternative to the comma, insert, insult here. We need to pray always so that we don't lose heart.
It won't change God, but it will change us.